feel like a lot of people are one day you wake up and everything is okay. Um, and another day you wake up and things just feel kind of off. And another day you wake up and you're just feeling anxious. Um, and then another day you may wake up and just feel a little depressed. And perhaps I am eating a little bit too much bread and I've made too many batches of cookies and perhaps I've had a little bit too much wine. Um, perhaps all of that, but I feel like that's all okay right now. From UW Tacoma, this is Pod Defiance. Welcome to Pod Defiance, where we don't lecture, but we do educate. I'm Eric Wilson-Edge, sitting in for Sarah Smith. Today on the pod, we hand over the microphone to UW Tacoma lecturer, Maria Tanya Bandas Becerra Weingarten, who walks us through her life at home during the COVID-19 pandemic. Bandes Becerra Weingarten's house is crowded. Getting anything done and keeping one sanity is tough when you live with six other people and you can't really go anywhere. Bandes Becerra Weingarten talks about homeschooling her kids while teaching her own classes. She also expresses concern for her mother in Nicaragua, the future of theater, and a never-ending pile of laundry that threatens to consume all of her time. My name is Maria Tanya Bandas Becerra Weingarten, and I am a lecturer in SIAS, in uh, Culture, Arts, and Communications. I am the theater professor for, um, or at UWT. And this is actually a really lovely opportunity to just kind of, I guess, um, express my thoughts on just kind of, I guess, the world and what's going on um, during this stay home, stay safe, um, quarantine slash isolation and such. So I am spending it at home with um, my family. There are seven of us. Uh, My wife, who is um, also a um, nurse, she is both a school nurse for the Tacoma Public Schools, as well as um, she works as a pediatric nurse in the ER department at Mary Bridge. I have four kids. I have a 20-year-old who actually works at FedEx right now. Um, And I have a 16-year-old son who is um, not really happy with this whole isolation thing. He's a very social being. And I've got um, an 11-year-old boy who is actually loving this. He's been bugging me to be homeschooled for I can't tell you how long. So he is just loving being homeschooled. He thinks it's like the best thing ever. Um, Plus, he doesn't really like people. So there's that. And then I've got um, a nine-year-old girl who um, is actually another social bug. So she is, though she loves the homeschooling aspect, she loves doing her work from home. She's um, very sort of self-motivated and kind of gets things done on her own. Um, But she does not have any friends. So she's been really needy and has um, just really missed having the interaction with her friends. So our house is really, really busy. And I am right now at the moment just kind of snug up to my room. Um, and I got up here and saw a mountain of laundry on my bed. So I guess I'll be folding that as I share some thoughts. And um, 
I guess it just, it, the house is always really busy and there's always something going on and there is um, always someone there. I think everybody who is dealing with COVID-19 is dealing with something different. Not one thing I don't think is, is harder than the other. Um, they're just sort of all different beasts that we need to uh, conquer, I suppose. Um, for me, it's the sense of no privacy. Uh, my wife and I usually get out every night for a quickie 15-minute walk um, that the two of us just do together without the kids. Um, often, one of them will interject and say, hey, can we go with you on um, our on your walk? And um, we quickly respond, uh, no, um, not wanting to say that really we get on that walk to kind of get away from everybody. Um, so that's, you know, um, kind of nice to have that time. Um, but I know other people are dealing with um, not having seen anybody for a really long time. And um, even though I may complain that we don't get any privacy or any time um, alone, um, and I'm, I'm an only child, so I actually really value my time alone, but um, I think being completely isolated in my house um, wouldn't be something that I would like either. So I guess they're all just kind of um, different beasts, right? Um, and it's it's hard for everybody um, right now. Big news for us today, we actually just got a hot tub delivered. Um, my mother-in-law, who also lives with us, I think I might have forgotten to mention that, um, decided that um, she was going to buy us one for the family so we could um, enjoy our backyard a little more since we would be spending more time back there, um, which is great because uh, I think that is definitely a welcomed treat. Uh, maybe my teenager, 16-year-old boy will be uh, very happy <laughs> with um, with such a treat. So that was just delivered um, a minute ago. It's a bit anticlimactic, though, because... Uh, they came today, electrician comes tomorrow, um, and then I guess there's a valet service that comes and actually um, sets up the rest of it and teaches us how to do stuff and clean it and um, all that stuff um, next week. So we have a hot tub that I get to stare at and not use for a week. So yeah, kind of exciting, but kind of not, um, at least for the next week um, and believe it or not I am still freaking folding laundry um, because this mountain is ginormous and it just seems like pieces of laundry copulate somehow and end up making more you know always Anyway, the last couple of days have been kind of difficult. Um, the homeschooling stuff has been a little challenging, um, even though my little my little guy kept saying he wanted to be homeschooled. He has ADHD, so he's a really hard time um, sitting down and uh, being able to focus. I am super grateful right now for all the teachers who have um, decided to do this for a living 
on purpose, um, that they love our kids and spend um, all this time uh, with our kids and are able to um, deal with all this all the time. Um, I mean, I know that, I mean, technically we're teachers too, right? But there's a difference, I think, definitely in teaching um, adults or sort of semi-quasi-adults and uh, teaching small kids um, and imagining like teaching a whole you know classroom full of them I think is definitely um, a thought that kind of frightens me a little bit I'm like oh my goodness I have a hard enough time with just you know the the two littles at home Um, so I think it's just been kind of challenging between that and trying to work and do powerpoints and um and just you know meetings or this or that like it's just been um a rough couple of days in fact with all the stuff that was going on with the kids schools i had a powerpoint that i literally was working on for three days three days of this powerpoint and part of the problem was that normally um uh, i i'm pretty you know, just kind of ready and have everything set before a quarter starts. But this go around with all the sort of last minute changes. And um, one of my classes was changed last minute. I had a, a, a new class and a new prep. So I just was not at all prepared to be able to um, to have all this work done ahead of time. Um, mind you, I'm still doing laundry, by the way. Um, and uh, so... So I I was creating um, these PowerPoints from scratch and um, and I actually really enjoy the process. I love doing PowerPoints, but uh, man, between mommy, I'm hungry and mommy, I need this. And can I go here? Um, can I play on the trampoline? Can I do this? And please don't kill your sister. And, you know, between all of that, it it just took a lot longer than than I was really okay with. But yeah, so literally it took me three days to finish this darn PowerPoint. At which point, at one point, I think I, I lost it last night and I was like, um, you guys just need to leave me alone. And I locked myself up um, and started um, working. And oh, I hear commotion outside. I wonder what is going on right outside my door. Let's see if we can just ignore them. I have to hang up some of these clothes. So I'm gonna go into my closet. Um, and maybe they won't find me. This is my sort of moment where no one's been interrupting me for a few minutes. So I'm just going to go ahead and continue to enjoy this. Um, because it's just been kind of one of those days. Um, but you know, what's weird about all of this is that there is actually a part of me that is really grateful for this time. Because on one hand, you know, things are really hard, but on the other, it's been really nice to have all my little duckies safe at home. Um, I love having my kids um, home in some regard. I It would be nice to get a little bit of a break here and there, but I think um, overall it's nice. And you see how like my mind just kind of goes back and forth with this. Um, it's hard to... to um, have just the sort of like one opinion about it because um, I think for myself and probably lots of other parents um, we're kind of experiencing this whole 
sort of duplicitous <laughs> nature of this all. It's like one minute, I almost feel like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde for a second. Like one minute, I'm like, oh, my babies, I love them so much. And then the next minute, I'm feeling like um, I just want to run away and consume um, several bottles of wine. My goodness, I had a lot of laundry today. There's still more here. Um, yeah, it just keeps, just keeps going. Um, anyway, what else have I been thinking about? Well, I've been thinking about, um, besides the kids, which I think are definitely ever-consuming, um, and my job and education, I have been thinking a lot about um, the arts and what is happening um, with them um, and what's going to happen. Um, my... Uh, as I mentioned, my wife is um, is a nurse in the public school system, and there's all this speculation going on about how what schools are going to look like when we go back in the fall. Um, of course, we've been having the same conversations at UWT and um, in different places, but um, but they've been talking about that in the schools as well, whether the kids are going to go half days and um, sort of split it, right, so that there's not a, as many kids um, in the classrooms at the same time or, or this and that. And it, that just propels me to think about um, what is happening with um, the theater audiences, right? Like, how are we going to be able to um, have people in the seats and how are we going to be able to um, sustain um, our audience membership and how do we accommodate for social distancing guidelines and still be able to make a living? Um, and I think that that part is really, really scary in terms of professional theater, but it's also scary um, in terms of um, the educational theater, right? Um, even more specifically for the space that we use um, at UWT, which is a really small space that only seats, um, I think legally it's 49 people. Um, so if we do social distancing guidelines with the way that space is, I mean, I don't even think we could fit like if you're supposed to be six feet apart, um, what, like maybe 10 audience members? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I haven't measured in there, but um, it's definitely limiting. And I, I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, and even with the idea of can we even have rehearsals? Like what is, what is you know, what does that look like? Um, there's been some really interesting projects going around. I'm a really big fan of HowlRound. Um, which is uh, linked with um, Emerson College out of Boston, and they have been doing some wonderful online programming. But I think that no matter what efforts are being put out there, nothing can substitute the real-life human experience of seeing the arts in person. There is something magical um, and um, visceral and just wonderful about being able to see something um, right in front of you and that you're able to connect on um, with it in a certain way. Plus, you're connecting with the audience as well, right? Like you are um, experiencing this particular event, theatrical event together. So there's a sort of community that happens and that gets created both with the audience as well as with um, with uh, the performers on stage. So I feel like Yes, you know, we are doing some wonderful things to, um, to continue entertainment uh, with the online platforms. I mean, honestly, in, in a weird way, think about this. It's amazing that COVID happened now. We have so many resources. If this would have happened 50 years ago, 
well, I guess we would have just had a lot more, you know, people reading, but, um, but just a very different thing, right? We have all these different things that we can do now. So we have all this wonderful content that gets put forth um, for all of us to enjoy. And a lot of places are stepping up and providing some of this content for free at no charge. There are some theaters that are streaming past performances um, at a smaller uh, fraction of the cost, um, which is fantastic as well. That is definitely one way to... Um, to do things, but um, but it's still not the same thing, right? So what does that look like for us in the fall? What are we going to do? How do I teach these classes that really, um, in, in my opinion, um, tend to be just really a substitute um, and not the greatest one? I mean, um, yes, you can learn some things um, with an online platform, and I think that there's some um, definite merit to them. Um, but I think a lot of what I end up teaching my students um, is that human connection. Um, and it's that um, uh, it's expressing themselves in a way um, that I don't know that the outline platforms really, um, really help with. So I don't know, I don't know what things are going to look like. Um, I speculate all the time. Um, I literally lose sleep over this stuff. Um, I think about it um, overnight. I have not been sleeping very well throughout this whole thing. Um, I think I've been taking melatonin um, a lot um, and that helps a little bit, but it takes me a really long time to shut off my brain because I think about um, all the things that are um, different and um, challenging and I, I try to remember the good things as well. Um, but then I, I, I come back to um, some of the challenges and um, and wanting to make those challenges better for um, our students, for myself, for um, uh, other colleagues of mine in the art who are doing the professional theater um, um, aspect of things. And I just, you know, I just kind of start reeling and thinking about all this stuff. And um, it's hard to um, to kind of stop myself. Um, and so when I finally shut off my brain, then I'm finally able to um, to go to sleep for a bit. But um, I'm definitely not sleeping um, very well. I did, when I finally got to sleep last night, I did wake up a little later this morning, 8.30. Um, 8.30 is huge. That is major sleeping in for a mother of four children. So yay me. Um, that was fantastic. <laughs> so um, I did enjoy that quite a bit. Um, but uh, But again, it's all, you know, I guess it's all relative because it takes me forever to actually fall asleep. I've been thinking a lot about my mom in Nicaragua. Um, my mom is um, actually, she was scheduled to come up here in um, May or end of April. Then it got switched to May. Then it got switched to later May. And now she is scheduled to come up on June 4th. Uh, my mother lived in the United States for a long time. She was a social worker um, in, um, in and for the city of San Francisco. Uh, city and county. Um, she worked in the sexual abuse unit for um, the city and county of San Francisco. I uh, worked there for a very long time, retired. Um, and when she retired, she decided to go back um, home. And home for us is Nicaragua. She, for a while, went back and forth. She would travel there for three months, back here. Um, well, at the time it was Bakersfield for three months and go, you know, back and forth. And um, as she got a little bit older, the travel started to 
be a bit much for her. So she started traveling less often. Um, and, um, part of that travel included, even though she had retired, she started, um, a nonprofit agency called Clara's Children, which was in honor of her best friend, who was also a social worker who, um, passed away. And, um, she would collect all kinds of donations here, um, and take them down there. And she would actually personally, um, give them to poor people. She just gets really, really mad when um, these organizations, you know, you have these numbers that they call and only like 10 cents out of the dollar that you donate gets given to the people who actually needed it. So she got really, really mad at that kind of thinking. And there were organizations that did that for Nicaragua. So she just decided that she would take whatever she got and personally deliver it. So um, she figured she was retired, had the time and the money. So she did that for several um, years. Um, just this last year, she was um, uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's, so she has um, just closed off her uh, nonprofit and um, is now just living there most of the time and only coming up to Washington uh, once a year to see us. Um, when she comes up, um, she does a lot of her medical stuff. So she comes up and um, goes to the doctor, um, well, goes to doctors literally like almost every day. Um, I know this because I'm her chauffeur, so I have to take her everywhere. Uh, and so it's like usually a pretty intense like month, month and a half that we're, you know, driving around, taking her everywhere she needs to go. Um, and then she heads back uh, to Nicaragua. Um, and this delay because of the COVID-19 has been really challenging because she hasn't been able to get up here to get some of her medications. And um, you actually cannot find the Parkinson medication in Nicaragua. Like it's literally not available. Um, it used to be that she'd be able to even get people from here because she would get her medications refilled here. And then it, we would just send them with somebody that we um, knew was flying down to Nicaragua. But because of all the travel restrictions right now, um, she hasn't been able to get her medications. So this has been um, really, really challenging. And um, we are um, hoping that everything goes okay and she's able to get here so she can um, get everything that she needs. So I've been thinking a lot, a lot about that and just what she needs and what um, what uh, what it's going to take, right, to get everything to kind of um, fall into place so that she's able to get everything that she needs um, when she gets here as well. Um, that, of course, adds another um, person in our house. Luckily, we have a pretty decent-sized house, so everyone pretty much has their space. When my mom comes, though, um, she um, shares a space with my eldest daughter, and... Um, so that's going to be interesting and challenging, especially during quarantine, because normally that's not an issue because, you know, my 20 my year old is usually out and about doing her thing. She, you know, usually has, you know, friends and a job. And, um, and in the summers, my daughter actually usually does the Central Coast Shakespeare Festival. So most of the times when my mom has come to visit in the summers, um, my daughter's only here for like a week of it. Um, and the rest of the time, my mom has the room to herself and my daughter is off um, at the Central Coast in California, um, you know, enjoying doing some beautiful Shakespeare, beautiful theater. Um, and then she comes back up. She spends some time with grandma and then grandma leaves. Um, so it's lovely. So this is going to be the first time that the two of them share this particular space for a long time. Um, so uh, I don't know how that's going to go. That's sure going to be um, interesting. And, um, I don't know how we'll come out at the end of that, but, um, yeah, so we'll see. So, yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about that and a, a lot about the political situation in Nicaragua. Um, the, I don't know if, um, 
most people don't uh, don't always keep um, sort of looking at the international news in that regard, especially when we've been bombarded here with all the COVID-19 stuff on our local news. Um, but the president of Nicaragua was literally missing for over a month, like hiding out, yet telling people that um, COVID-19 isn't really a thing and that Nicaragua has not been um, affected by it at all. Um, even though there are people that say that they literally have um, several hospitals and wards that are full of COVID-19 patients. But he's saying that they, it doesn't exist. He has um, forced the public schools not only to be open, but says that anybody who doesn't attend will not get to matriculate and go on to the next grade. Um, the private schools have all been in quarantine, but not the public schools. So there's quite a bit, sort of like an abyss there in terms of um, where people are going to be at the end of this whole thing. Um, and again, we don't really know how much Nicaragua has been affected by the whole thing. So um, my mom has been totally in quarantine. Um, she has only left to go see either uh, medical professionals and such. Um, she even stopped going to her physical therapy, which she used to go to every day. Um, she does have someone that comes to the house to do some of that, but again, they have to, um, they're, you know, trying to be safe and masks and gloves and all that stuff. Um, but there are some things that she can't stop doing. So medically necessary. Um, but again, I mean, she's making sure that people that are around her are following some of these guidelines, but you really can't know what the people that they surround themselves around, um, are doing because the social distancing practices are not as present in um, in Nicaraguan society because um, the government is certainly not um, enforcing them or even encouraging them for that matter. Um, so I don't know. So I've been really worried about her. So there's, um, there's a, a sort of expectation of relief um, when she gets here because at least I'll know we can control this environment, right? I can't control what other people are doing, but I can control what is happening here in our home. Um, and that's really... That's really all I can do. Anyway, I think at the end of the day, um, my mind just kind of runs around all over the place. And, um, and I, I feel like I'm not alone in that. I feel like a lot of people are, one day you wake up and everything is okay. Um, another day you wake up and things just feel kind of off. And another day you wake up and you're just feeling anxious. Um, and then another day you may wake up and just feel a little depressed. And perhaps I am eating a little bit too much bread and I've made too many batches of cookies and perhaps I've had a little bit too much wine. Um, perhaps all of that, but I feel like that's all okay right now. I, I think that the uncertainty is... Um, the uncertainty is warranted, and I think that we all need to just be a little kinder to ourselves um, and to others. Um, there's something to be said for just having a little bit of grace right now. Thank you to our guests, and thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm.